Welcome, wrestling fans, to a bout of epic proportions. It's time to strap on your boots, throw that title over your shoulder, and stumble to the middle of the ring for a double choke slam from the Brothers of Discussion. In the far corner, the older, the wiser, the funnier, Mike Clang and Bang Clang. In the other corner, the younger, the quicker, the prettier, Matt, thumping and pumping, clang! Hi everybody, welcome oh, to yeah. episode 6, whoa, I'm really, this is really loud. Uh, episode 64, uh, I almost, I almost said what the title is, we never do that. It's just the first time we ever came up with the title before we started recording. Uh, this is episode 64 after Royal Rumble and NXT TakeOver. We want to make sure we touch on that, because usually uh, we just skip oh, over yeah. the pay-per-views. And then we got a lot, of touching. Raw, a lot of touching. SmackDown, and then yeah. the uh, NXT that uh, that happens on the old Wednesday. But uh, thankfully, we already know what's going on NXT, because we were there. We, know, uh, we don't even have to watch the episode. We can record right nope. through it and get to yep. bed early. Spoilers. Ah, water. Uh, when when your boy your boy's got some, he's got some diarrhea. <laughs> too much coffee today. I had too much cold coffee. Uh, little, <laughs> <laughs> little uh, little dehydrated. Uh, <laughs> there we go. Wow. Now the microphone's starting to look like it it's took not. a lot out of you, huh? Yeah, it did. Woo! I'll tell you what. You were texting me about recording, and I uh, I was in my favorite red recliner, and oh. I was uh, I was ripping some ass, and you know it just not that I want to lose all of our listeners, but uh, any classy ones like Lacey Evans, uh, they're they're leaving after I say this, but Ooh. god damn, <laughs> did that fart? You made some uh, you made some nasties, huh? <laughs> that fart told me the whole story. Ran to the bathroom. Uh, here we are about 20 minutes later recording, uh, and I've got my water, and I feel all better. All right. Matt took a dump so big he needs an IV. Matt, <laughs> we are diving into episode 64. This is the aftermath of the Royal Rumble and, yeah. and NXT TakeOver. We got some we got some fun, fun little nuggets we had to play with. Uh, you know, Matt just made a whole toilet full of nuggets, and now we're going to talk about some wrestling nuggets. (laughs) Not a single nugget. So these uh, were shredded. More shredded than uh, Becky Lynch in a Royal Rumble. Put my hand in just to feel around, see see the consistency, so I can report it to my doctor. Um, I'll just let everybody know it it doesn't look good. (laughs) I'm just just kidding. uh, Um, (laughs) The end is near for Matt. The end. The end is nigh. That was. That's what my poop spelled out. We got some um, WWE superstars whose end is nigh. So a lot of poop segues here. We can go any direction you want. <laughs> well, Speaking yeah, of any uh, direction you want, man, I had diarrhea today. <laughs> the Royal Rumble wasn't shitty, and neither was Takeover. I uh, I had quite a bit of fun with uh, with you, Mike. I, I 
I know we've seen some pretty shitty oh. Royal Rumbles in the past, but this one was uh, this one was solid. <laughs> yeah, we've we've left uh, many a Royal Rumble grinding our teeth, ready to give up on the company. This yeah, was it, not one of those days. And if if you're if you're grinding your teeth over this Royal Rumble, man, you don't you have you no idea up. how bad. Just stop it can watching be. WWE because this is as good as it gets. Yeah, well, this is as good as it gets. <laughs> this is as happy as you're gonna feel, and this right, included. And- the worst Daniel Bryan AJ Styles match you'll ever see, and another Brock squash. But this Rumble, you could not be happier going home. Yeah. Um, Matt, we gave the man Becky Lynch. She got to dominate this pay per view. She got to pull the curtain and put on a hell of a match with Asuka, and she didn't go. She didn't go over in that one, but that's that's okay. That's that's kind of secretly what we wanted. We wanted Becky to insert herself into the Royal Rumble, and yeah. she basically came in as entrant number thirty-one, and she did not disappoint. I mean, if you put money down on uh, Becky to win the Ooh, Royal Rumble, wait. you made you bank. are a Debbie my man. You have yep. a lot of money. <laughs> uh, but holy hell, was that that was awesome? I mean, uh. I didn't put together, you know, Lana coming out and her being hurt from uh, no. earlier in the show. And yeah. You, you brought up while we were walking home uh, how how awesome it is to see, like, something happening in the pre-show actually affecting the show as if yes. as if we're at a live show. Yes, it was, like, it was a lot like an indie house story. show. Exactly. Um, part one had an impact on part five. And it, it wasn't just a bunch of standalone segments. The, it was a one-night story. Yep. Um, I think uh, watching this Royal Rumble, I think I can see why Vince Russo was, was tweeting and how upset he was. I mean, this was a nightmare situation for Russo. The women were booked to the moon. Bro, let me let me just elbow my way into this segment because I hear my name being called out by the brothers of discussion. And let me tell you, I don't understand why the man's getting two, not one, but two segments. Okay. In addition, Nia Jax gets booked to fight ladies and non-ladies in one <laughs> night. She got the t- she was in more royal rumbles. She eliminated more people. Then were eliminated, and other things where people have been removed. It was unbelievable. I couldn't stomach it at all. <laughs> In addition, Asuka got a win. She's not even from the United States. Boo. And then in addition, uh, Rowdy Ronda Rousey, who is not even UFC, she got to beat the boss. So we had two, not two, but three ladies matches. My stomach is still churning. Matt, I feel like I have diarrhea, but it's still inside me. It'll never leave. Well, Vince, I mean, everything seemed to go according to your plan because the ladies were done halfway through the show, aside from Nia Jax. But, they were uh, definitely overbooked. I, I wouldn't have booked Nia Jax in a man match because I feel all the men were uh, emasculated that night, and so was I a little bit. I was a little scared for my own manhood, and so I took myself in my hands and I hid in a corner. But not Vince, unlike a—it's just a great Royal Rumble strategy, and also a great way to strategize yourself if you're feeling emasculated by Nia Jax being in a men's Royal Rumble. 
But Vince, don't you see this as this opportunity to, you know, progress? That we can have Nia Jax treated as an equal. In, in, a, in the Men's Royal Rumble, just because she wanted to put herself in there, damn it all, she came in, eliminated Bro, Mustafa Ali. You know, that whole Royal Rumble, I'd say there was maybe one good match. And first of all, I told you so. Daniel Bryan and AJ Styles should both retire. They were awful. I knew it all along. They'll never be as good <laughs> as somebody like Hulk Hogan. I told you. But main event match, you put your biggest star should have closed the show. See, I think The Bar and The Miz and Shane McMahon should have closed and opened the show. It was the most beautiful thing I've ever seen. Great tag team wrestling. I was on the edge of my chair. Shane McMahon is half man, half bird the way he flew across the ring. Unbelievable. Now, you do bring up a good point, though. What what do you think, in, in your infinite knowledge and wisdom here, Vince Russo? There are all no limits, absolutely. Could AJ Styles and Daniel Bryan have been a better match, or would it have gone over a little bit better if that tag match was inserted right before it? See, it's a hard thing to say. What I would have done is I would have started the show with Shane McMahon, and at the start of the show, he takes, he begins his ascent into the air. And then we close the show with his eventual landing into Cesaro and Sheamus. So what we do is we tie him to, to trampoline strings. We would dang like a bungee cord. We would have Shane flying through the air. The lights would go out and the lights would come back on and everybody's gone. And then, to close the show, we reset the scene, we hit the lights, and then we turn them back on, and there's Shane McMahon flying through the air to save everyone. But isn't that going to bury the rest of the show? Don't, don't we need... It's not burying it if it's the greatest thing you've ever seen. <laughs> now, how, where, do you think these rumors, Vince Russo, that... Oh, I uh... love rumors. I'm still going to probably be champ at WrestleMania, but go ahead. <laughs> That uh, Vince McMahon actually told uh, the producers and bookers of NXT TakeOver uh, Phoenix to tone it down. Don't have such a great show because the Royal Rumble should be on a whole other pedestal. That That is the reason we're here this weekend. Bro, well, I, How much know, credence do you give to that? I think that Vince was totally right, I, and I think the writers did it. We had too many high-quality ladies matches, not enough Shane McMahon. I think they hit it out of the park, taking direction from Vincent Kennedy, who I used to work for, and he worked for me in a way, McMahon. Oh, so you, I, I think you might have just misinterpreted it, Vince Russo. It, it was, it was uh, he wasn't trying to make the Royal Rumble worse. He was trying to make NXT TakeOver worse. So... <laughs> Now, I'm at a loss for words, because what is NXT? <laughs> Are you spelling Wait. next without the E? Uh, kind of. Okay, uh, okay. You, you know you know indie wrestling that you hate so much? You know, because I think nobody this sells? show is run by a couple of BTTs, and I forgot the U. <laughs> well, that may be so, but uh, before... <laughs> Before we figure out where that you went, um, <laughs> I think I you're guess, holding it because you are one BTT. If I, if you don't mind my saying, I'll tell you what my my BTT is holding right now is it's squeezing the cheeks together, making sure that all the di- I don't have another 
round of diarrhea shoot through my the pants. The indigestion so. that Sunday night gave me is indescribable. Oh my goodness. But go ahead, man. No, please, well, let's hear your thunder. I can't wait to hear it. Well, I, I did lose my train of thought. I, I was going to talk about NXT TakeOver, but what... Why don't we, uh... You're I, talking about a fictional wrestling promotion, it sounds like. I, I'm gonna go ahead and defer to somebody who's also fictionalized, and that's you and another voice that you call Michael. All right, goodbye. <laughs> uh, that was Vince Russo. Re- really enjoyed Royal Rumble quite a bit. You can hear he, he probably using the, the Meltzer scale. That's five stars all the way from Vince Russo. Uh, we really appreciate him showing up. As he does week after week, leaving me speechless. Last comment, I'll say that I'll say Royal Rumble was probably a five star night if those stars are brown stars and we're talking buttholes. So adios, <laughs> brothers of discussion. Nobody cares. Goodbye. Uh Vince Russo. There he goes. Favorite well, segment. Uh, huh? <laughs> I, I I do want to get back to that point though. I was asking, uh was and I'm, and I'm talking about AJ Styles and Daniel Bryan and, and the way that this match was booked, the timing of the matches. Oh, my God. Uh, what an awful... Whoever made that decision, it, it was like they don't... It was like Russo booked it. That's how yeah. weird it was. Like, why why would you want to try and follow the man going over like that? Yeah, like, that was the perfect time to throw in. And I, I, I guess the problem was you needed, you needed some space between, uh, you know, Asuka... And Becky, and then the Royal Rumble. So you got to throw in that tag match, but maybe don't do all the women's matches and get that out of the way, and then do all the men's matches. Like that seems like one way to handle it. Uh, maybe have the women's Royal Rumble close out the show, and you have Becky Lynch, you know, with minutes to go in the show, coming out for Lana and getting the win. Uh, it definitely felt like the. Like, the order of the matches was a little bit of, um, like, they're trying to make sure that Seth Rollins got enough respect as the winner of the whole night. Because Becky's already a made woman. So if you let her close the show and open, the, you know, open and close the show, she, you know, we already love her that much. You know, that much more than the other superstars right now. So I think this was just kind of a desperate ploy to make sure Rollins had a prominent spot on the card rather than making him have, you know, a secondary rumble because uh, he's already not not as interesting as Becky. And then he would also be in the middle of the card. Whereas, you know, you're giving Becky elevation with booking, which she already has it in her character. So just kind of spreading the wealth, I guess. But, yeah. I, I don't right. know. And, and we both love the show. So uh, yeah. it's just... It's just a matter of, I, I, and the real casualty here is is AJ Styles and Daniel Bryan. But you know, even even when it, you go forward, you you can already see that the story is going to be bigger than AJ Styles, the Daniel Bryan story. Now, we'll, we'll get into that later, and I, I I'm I am really excited about that. But um, yeah. I mean, all you had to do is either like not have the the booking the way it was, or all you had to do is move the Shane match. That's it. Um, I totally yeah. Uh, well, let's jump into. Uh, do we want to talk NXT Takeover? Because I know we are going to talk Raw, and that's really going to you know jump on top of. Um, oh yeah, well, I, I mean yeah, Takeover. You know, we had D- Daniel Bryan um, wins. Brock Lesnar wins. Uh, that, I think those are what we predicted. 
Becky Lynch wins uh, wins the Rumble on the on the female side. Seth Rollins on the male side, yep. and then uh, Oscar retains by tapping out the man. That's yep. that's your Royal Rumble. I mean, you anybody listening already knows that the, that's what happened. But uh, NXT Takeover, uh, Mike, did we get match of the year in in January? Uh, Ricochet and Johnny Gargano. Yeah, we really didn't have to wait very long. <laughs> Yeah, um, I, I mean, I wonder, Ricochet put I, I haven't on, watched it. He uh, he did things in the ring like we've never seen before. Just like that crazy yeah. spot with Adam Cole a couple months ago with the um, springboard, like tilt a wheel uh, up in midair, and then a super kick. Um, and this in this match, we got Gargano outside on the floor, and Ricochet leapfrogged not just the turnbuckle from a standing position, uh, leapfrogged the turnbuckles and the steel beam in the corner. And attack Gargano, who is prone outside. Um, but these yeah, spots if, if, don't mean anything if they're in like a two hundred five live bubble. So the other reason that match was, uh, you know, match of probably the rest of the year was the storytelling involved. Yeah. With Gargano unable to come out on top, playing it clean, and then he decides to go dirty and smash Ricochet into cement. So he does that. That that quick decision in his in his brain and changes his his um offensive direction his character direction just so he can get some gold and it's funny because we brought that up back in june we talked about uh june and july we were talking about gargano was showing signs of he's trying to take that next step into becoming you know how, how am i going to become a champion i need to be more like champa and uh uh, it's taken this long, but now he's finally done it to uh, to hold some gold, and I'm excited about it. I I wonder, I wonder what's next because we also know uh, Alistair Black lost to uh, Tommaso in in another like just fantastic match. I, I thought uh, I don't know because you've you've got the War Raiders turning in quite an entrance, but uh, there's just something about Alistair Black's entrance that's just you know there's there's very little to it but yeah. it's 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 just fantastic and it really sets up you know you, you know that this is going to be a huge match even if you don't even know who these guys are um so alistair loses uh to champa and now we've got diy our champs again just uh you know in their own right and and singles singles titles the north american title and the nxt championship being held by uh champa and Oh, I should have said Gargano and Champa, respectively. Um, (laughs) (laughs) um, Oh, shit. I lost my train of thought where I wanted to go with this. Oh, right. Uh, So we were talking the past summer. That's that's when we we really thought this was going to get going. That's when we really thought we were going to see a new Gargano, and it took us six, seven months before it actually led to anything. Yeah. does this yeah. push? Does this push back your expectations for Takeover at WrestleMania? Oh, you mean as far as a slow burn instead of kind of rushing Gargano versus Champa again? Yeah, because if you think about it, I mean we're we're gonna hit February this Friday, and we've got February and March, and we're talking NXT. So, I I mean, is that enough time to? have them become a tag team become buddies and become enemies in in two months so eight shows possibly they're only on five of them well it it only takes you know one night to switch everything up um but 
the way that this story's been going, it's it's so good. It just makes every takeover must see TV. Um, and it's it's something where even when I you know you and I try and dissect it, it never feels like there's a, a misstep. It always feels like everything's kind of at simmer for the right amount of time, and then they're able to crank it up right just like with 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 perfect inflection um it never feels like they're desperate and so they you know got to throw in a big spot or you know they got to tune it down a little bit and maybe just have them talk on the mic without a physical interaction and and just to, are you talking nxt overall or nxt like gargano as far as gargano matches? and champa meeting up okay yeah that whole storyline it just it makes every little chapter that much more interesting like you know we've been talking about seeing ricochet and alistair team up against uh you know johnny and tomaso um and this weekend didn't really defer us you know it didn't it didn't detour us away from that idea it helped plant the seeds that maybe that is on the horizon while still giving us you know a few looks from johnny where he wants that nxt title you can see it in his face that while he's starting to understand this this champa philosophy of you know who cares about being good people only want to care about people who who win and have championships so it's just it's it's a real conflict in the man and he's just selling the story with you know more or less his facial expression and which moves he uses in the ring it's it's like the most compelling feud ever <laughs> i don't i don't think that's being hyperbolic um i don't know if this really has as far as like a like in ring and microphone and post match reactions, it's it's just an A plus. Like it's it's up there with Stone Cold and The Rock. Like this could be just an incredible feud. Yeah, and and we're gonna get into like you know the the names of wrestlers that are asking for releases and those that are having them granted and those who aren't signing new contracts and and the uh, the amount of hate being thrown at, at wwe during this time is incredible because mike we have we have a wwe champion in daniel bryan that's giving some of the best heel work we've ever seen we've got this amazing feud of gargano and champa that you know right now you're not going to call it a feud but this is this is a two-year could go longer storyline between these two and and this is available because of the wwe Yep. I mean, we we have match of the year is Ricochet and Gargano, which you could honestly say. I mean, besides besides Gargano getting the victory, like it, it is it is on the fringe of that being a part of the feud. You know, it's it's the 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 before and the after or the feud, the during is your match of the year, and and it's just all this hate coming from people that you know don't make a penny from this, don't lose a penny from the company. Um, it just doesn't make any sense right now, cause it. I mean, everything about that takeover was was awesome, and and we you know we could even jump into uh talking about Shayna taking down uh the the EST of of NXT Bianca Belair, who I I wasn't sold. I think I I she earned a little bit of respect for me uh over the weekend, but um man you've got probably one of the the hardest working female pro wrestlers um in, in the business and Shayna baszler and and we just i don't know i think i think everybody's just spoiled like they're not taking a second 
to look at this and and realize like this you know going back to our initial point this is this is as good as it's gonna get i don't know how it gets any better yeah i like even if you look at hall of famers um you know if you're looking at uh you know trish stratus lita but i'm I'm looking more at people who could be physical you know like china like beth phoenix Shayna baszler is already one of the best <laughs> you know what i mean yeah and she she her career is so young it's so it's it's still in its infant stages and she's not even on the main roster yet but she just she has that that natural look about her like brock does where she looks beastly she wears that black mouth guard she does those stomps where it looks like she's breaking your arm she has a vicious looking finisher um she she still knows how to sell for people who are smaller than her yeah um now she's getting good on the mic like we're we're in such a like a golden age right now um and this is maybe shana's uh not not really on her part just because of the you know bianca being still a little green uh maybe her worst takeover match and it was yeah. still you know an a in my book um, yeah that that was that's actually a good point to bring up because I, I don't want to i don't want to immediately turn and start dumping on things but you know that that's when you start to see how young she is in her own career um because because you look at a Kyrie sane and she fights anybody and makes the match look amazing yeah uh, and, and that's that's one thing shane has got to work up to is being able to to fight someone that that is obviously uh a few quite a few steps below her and and bringing up that person's talent just just to make the whole match that much better um but yeah, elevate even, others yeah even in that i mean so we just watched maybe the worst women's nxt takeover match right yep um and it's still a hell of a show it's still one of the best wrestling shows i've ever seen live <laughs> uh yeah i mean it's just gonna get better um i mean bianca's gonna get more opportunities i would be shocked if she never held the nxt women's championship like she's she's that good that young she just wasn't quite ready to you know be champion you know this weekend right um I'd say another another match we haven't really touched on was Undisputed Era. Finally, um, it, it it probably looks like with um, some finality to it. Uh, they've they lost the tag titles to um, the War Raiders. Uh, Raiders came out with an incredible Braveheart like entrance uh, with a bunch of soldiers uh, banging spears against shields. Yeah. Um, and this weekend, my, my only request was that the Raiders win me over, and they did. Because um, at every corner, it's, it felt like Undisputed Era was, you know, the, the smarter in-ring um, technicians. Um, they tried to cut every corner that they could, but ultimately, the War Raiders, um, like, their physical um, advantages combined with their tag team um chemistry it was just too much for undisputed era and it looked like the deserving team won the match like undisputed era you know did everything they could but um the raiders just they put every single detail that sets them apart from other tag teams they implemented it in that match um they they looked physical they looked intelligent they looked cohesive um and they ultimately look like they're going to be the top tag team in NXT for a while. 
Yeah, and uh, I will throw in there extremely athletic, like way more athletic than I am. Uh, and, and way agile. more athletic like, than anyone that size, you know, has reason to be. Right, and and I, I'm a little, you know, I, I'm not, I'm kind of chubby, but I'm not, I'm not their size. And and to think you're watching Hanson doing his, uh, like rolling out of the way of of these kicks from from kyle o'reilly uh i don't, I don't want to say rolling out of the way uh doing a cartwheel to get out of i mean it, it's just it was just incredible but then to mix that like a second later then you've got row picking up two guys at once and and doing the uh the uh, it's not quite a double power bomb but it's like a power bomb power slam yeah at the same time it's just you don't you know you don't you don't see that too often and uh hell it is fun because I, I i'll say like if there's if you need to believe in like the human side too and and watching uh i think i think it was ro that just got married is that right or yes. is it hansen okay so yeah ro Ro's the one who just got married and and damn it all it was that was a cute story and seeing him cry you know like seeing the big dude um uh, start melting away you know, now you care about these as these these wrestlers as human beings, and then they come out and have a hell of a match. And and I just to me there was nothing uh, here that said you know they they weren't going to win the titles man. eventually. But man, we, if if there's a tag like you're team about to, we sound like you're about to break down, just like Ricochet watching Casey Catazzaro. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I've been um, I've been reading her name on our show notes, trying to figure it out. Catanzaro. Catanzaro. I, I, yeah. I don't know. Uh, I was just gonna call her Casey, uh, but yeah, it was. It, it's it's a beautiful story that that they're telling right now. That you know is sort of inadvertent. Uh, they aren't they aren't really like here's the story to get to know the War Raiders. It's just kind of like here's this nice human story, and now we get to make that connection. And you know, I I think the War Raiders are gonna make a huge impression on on us uh, in NXT, and eventually. Not that we need to see more people get called up, but eventually they're going to be there, and uh, they're going to do something impressive on the main roster too. Yep. It was a it was a real treat, Matt. Um, just final final thought here on NXT Takeover. Who was your MVP of the night at NXT Takeover? Oh well, you'd have to go with uh, Gargano or Ricochet, but um, I'll go. I guess. Mm. I'll, I'll pick i'll pick ricochet you, you can have gargano i'm gonna go with um cassius ono you know it takes a lot of bravery to admit that you like putting another man's feet in your mouth so good, <laughs> good on him uh he's been tickling Jesus. and teasing us for weeks and this this weekend he finally put some rat matt riddle toes right in his little mouthy uh yeah after he's been playing around with them um i think the the next story we're gonna see be told outside of the ring will be <laughs> cassius ono and matt riddle getting together it'll be nice <laughs> uh but yeah the, the mvps were ricochet and gargano um i it's it's a match that i'm gonna want to revisit you know later on you know even with the years and years of archived wrestling footage i can go through i will be re-watching this match um, now, uh, one of the more fun things I, I thought you wanted to do was touch on the uh, the Rumble standouts, which oh, does yeah. include some NXT superstars. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, one thing I want to make sure we mention is, you know, usually 
every year, you know, people are guessing which, you know, has been, uh, I'm sorry, which WWE legend is going to be making a cameo. <laughs> uh, in my opinion, a, a pretty pointless cameo because they're not going to win. You know, Hacksaw Jim Duggan or, you know, the Honky Tonk Man. Uh, even this you year, it's kind of fun to see Jeff Jarrett, but I, I really like how they kept throwing rookies in there. Uh, yeah, we got you know Elster Black. We got you know Johnny what it Gargano. is. I'm gonna I'm gonna interrupt you. I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, I think the rosters are just big enough now. I I I think they have they do they have so much programming. I mean, even the guys on 205 Live now are are getting more viewers, so they they need to even get those guys on TV more often. I think it's just now. I mean, we we say it's it's sort of a problem. Uh, but you've got so many guys that aren't even on TV every week. What would be the point of also paying a, a quote-unquote legend to come out and just get knocked out after a few seconds? I, I think it's just a change in uh, in their business. But uh, I, I agree. I think it's the right way to go. Yeah, it it it's such a great problem to have like it, uh you know when you're playing wwe 2k19 you know there's like oh i can't fit this guy in um that's where they're at right now um there's so many high quality guys and i mean we saw gargano we saw alistair black we saw pete dunn uh, mustafa ali had a huge monster run um with big eliminations um he's part of the big spot with nia Jax. um but i mean with all that said we still like we didn't have room for somebody like velveteen dream who i yeah. think I think it was that was the biggest surprise for me was that he had no wrestling the whole weekend. Um, I mean, he's had an excess event, but that doesn't really count, you know. For me, he should be in a televised match. Um, but as far as Rumble standouts go, uh, we kind of touched on her a second ago uh, with the little cute viral video of Ricochet kind of geeking out and getting emotional over his girlfriend uh, making her main roster debut, uh, American Ninja Warrior Casey Catanzaro. And this year, I think she definitely out Kofi Kofi um, as far as avoiding elimination in creative ways in the Royal Rumble. Um, the walking handstand that she did where she then walked herself to the corner beam and then crawled up it like Spider-Woman and then was able to get oh. back in the ring without getting eliminated. That was incredible. There were, there were other things going through my mind than Spider-Woman, but uh, Jesus, Wee! I... <laughs> I wondered if Ricochet was was crying because he's yet to see. Never mind. I'll I'll, uh, I'll leave no, it at that. This I'm is sure a segment I'm starting to like. Brothers of discussion. <laughs> Let's hear more of these perverse thoughts. I like them a lot. <laughs> I hear your I mean, inner Russo you is not? starting to crawl right out of you. <laughs> Let's bury this whole show. It'll be wildly inappropriate. Matt, continue. <laughs> well, I th I thought it would be fun to at least look at how useless it is to. Um, sort of do all the fantasy booking and spend so much time like thinking about it as we do starting back in november uh besides us getting right who is gonna win the rumble i mean i just wanted to highlight a couple things here mike my final four included mcintyre and mustafa ali Ooh, uh, my most wrong. my most eliminations i i picked two guys and i picked drew mcintyre and lars sullivan so Lars wasn't even in the match. Um, Where is that? Do I have that? Episode 63. Yeah, because we, we both filled it out. Uh, you got to go to the uh, the Google Drive there. But um, 
you know, I, I ended up picking Drew McIntyre to win the Rumble. You picked Seth Rollins, so you got that right. And you also picked that as your best-case scenario. Uh, your dark horse to win the Rumble was AJ Styles. Mine was uh, Velveteen Dream. Uh, both no-shows. <laughs> <laughs> uh, your Iron Man was Dean Ambrose or EC3. Neither of which came remotely close to that. Um... Yep. Most eliminations, Samoa Joe. I think... You know, I, I couldn't even tell you right now. I think... I think it uh, might have been... He was up there, but it might have been Braun Strowman. Yeah, that's that's true. Um, but yeah, you're, uh, neither one of us had Strowman in the final four. Uh, you had Ambrose, Rollins, and then Kevin Owens and <laughs> Sami Zayn. couple of more no-shows. What? But that seems so perfect. That seemed like, of course, they're coming back. And then all of a sudden, we started getting... And he started seeing the tweets of Kevin Owens kind of trolling everybody. You know, I'm still hurt. I'm not, I can't come back while I'm hurt. Yeah. Kind of thing. Um, but moving over to the Women's Rumble, uh, I had, uh, well, <laughs> my worst case scenario, thank God, never even came close, was Ronda Rousey. Uh, <laughs> yours yours was R-Truth or Natalia, who Natalia actually lasted quite a bit throughout the, throughout the Rumble. She did. She did. Yeah. She did. She had a pretty good show. Uh, Naomi. I picked her as my dark horse. She was out almost immediately when she came in. Uh, you had Ember Moon. I, I Who did can't... last a while. Yeah. I, I should have picked... I had Ruby Riot for my Iron Man. I should have picked her for most eliminations because uh, at least she did some good work with uh, the rest of the Riot Squad out there. Um, your Iron Man was Alexa Bliss. I think she came in at like 26. She, did it. she had a great showing. Thought she right. looked great for not having uh, been in a ring. Wrestled in a, or... yeah, since what, September? Yeah. Uh, most eliminations for you is Nia Jax. Uh, if you had to do most eliminations, man or woman, you've got Nia Jax. Um, so you, you, you nailed it on that. <laughs> um, final four for me was Charlotte, Becky, Carmella, and Kyrie Sane. Ooh. So I, I kind of went... Uh, I should have I should have gone EO because I think she was in the bottom like six. No, I think well, yeah. Well, I think bottom four wasn't it? Um, Bailey and then Nia. Yes, yes, you are correct. With Charlotte and Becky. Yeah. Yep. So I was, I was close. I, I will say when I filled out my final four, even though I picked Becky, I don't I don't think I put her in there initially. <laughs> Um, and <laughs> you had, uh, Charlotte, Becky, uh, Ruby Riot, and Alexa. Uh, I, I can't believe neither one of us picked Nia Jax, but I think I was just, I had in my head, like, she had been given so much, so of course Nia Jax isn't going to be in the final four, but, uh, we did a great job with the women's rumble picking, uh, you had, you had Charlotte and I had Becky Lynch, and those were easily, uh, favored, uh, the two favorite ladies to, to come out of this and win. And especially uh, both of us calling Becky Lynch our best-case scenario, considering she still wasn't booked in the Rumble yet. Yeah, you know, comparing the two Rumbles, I think the women's one did a, a much better job of, like, putting a bunch of storylines together. And I'm, I'm kind of thinking about, um, you know, like Mandy and Naomi having a minute to do their story. Um, you know, the Riot Squad individually not having a great performance, but they got to show what a what a when they're a united front all the team members are there how imposing they can be because they got to right. you know help get some eliminations um naya of course was booked to the moon you know being in 
uh, both rumbles, and she, you know, did quite a bit of damage. Um, you know, and you still got Charlotte Becky look good. Um, Natty looked good. Ember was in there for a long time. Um, Carmella came in late, but still, um, you know, was able to have an impact on the outcome. Um, and then again, the, the rookies did really good. Um, Casey, uh, we talked about, uh, Zia Lee, uh, we got to see her for a few minutes. Um, yeah, she was out there for a while. Yeah, um, I was pretty happy. I really loved her in the Mae Young Classic. Um, I want to hear more of that entrance song. It's just kind of this... Like, it gets you kind of jacked. You know what I mean? Um, I wish that somebody like Zack Ryder could have a cool song like that. But anyway. Uh, <laughs> so again, they didn't really... They didn't lean on... I don't think we had any legends, did we? Uh... Unless you want to count Mickey James. Well, I mean, she's on the main roster. She That doesn't count. Yeah. I don't think but there that, was one. You know, and it, I think it was better for it. Yeah. It, it's. You know, I wasn't got... missing Legends. Yeah. Uh, I, I think what they did was the right route. I mean, Rhea Ripley should be in there. Oh, my God. I can't believe I that, forgot her. Yeah. That's yeah, fine. She's that dominating force. You know, like, she's... She, she towers over everybody in the ring. Uh, it, it's... Oh, it's, Lacey it's Evans. A wonder that... We didn't even talk about her. Oh, yeah. First girl out. She did a fantastic job. But she is part of the main roster, so it can't be considered a surprise anymore. Um... <laughs> well, it's still kind of, it's still a rookie situation. It's a surprise to really me, damn ring. it. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, with that, who who we picked our MVPs for NXT TakeOver. Um, I don't know if I want to go the whole Rumble, but did you want to... Did you want to put maybe... I don't know. Yeah, let's just say the whole. Let's say the whole show. Who's who's your MVP? And you can't pick Becky Lynch because that's that's too easy. It's obviously Becky Lynch was was MVP of the whole show. Well, I mean Nia Jax had a hell of a showing, but man, oh man. Um, it's so hard. Just pick one. Um, Honestly, it, it could be, oof, man, it, I mean, it could be somebody we haven't even talked about yet. Like, that Finn Balor-Brock Lesnar match was electricity, just from bell to bell, um, where you actually thought, my God, maybe Finn actually has a chance. Yeah. Um, and it was, you know, we, we used to get so mad at Brock for doing the same um, formulaic matches, but uh, against, like, Daniel Bryan, it was really good. Uh, Daniel kind of playing possum and then, you know, seizing an opportunity. And in this match, Finn Balor uh, just made an incredible, incredibly, like, smart in-ring story where, you know, Brock relies on his, his core strength to do all these suplexes. So he was injuring Brock's core. And that also relates into Finn's finisher, which which is the coup de grace, where he lands on your, you know, your... your um... Tummy. <clears throat> yeah, your tum-tum. Yeah, that's the technical term. Yeah, so we had Brock running into the table corner, and and uh, he's giving him a lot yeah. of kicks in the gut, a lot of stomps, yeah. and he got the coup de grace in, and he just missed getting a three count, and then Brock didn't win with the usual F5, F5, F5. You know, he busted out a submission move, so it was... And and then and then laid out Finn for F5, F5, F5. <laughs> yeah, um... It's like he didn't want the fan like as if as if the fans were begging for it. He didn't want them to go home 
Um, <laughs> well, I don't know. No, I mean, don't, I, I don't like, send them home happy. That's Brock like, Lesnar's. Uh, we don't motto. want you don't want Brock to look like a like a cuddle bear. Like he's got a thing for Finn Balor. Like, hey, look at this guy. You know, he wanted him to show respect, but also, you know, he wanted to make sure Finn knew his place on the totem pole. Um, so I think that's what that post-match beatdown was all about. Um, so I could arguably give MVP to one of them because that was one of the best Brock matches and one of the most, you know, electric matches outside of, you know, leaning on the man. Um, you know, those two put on a hell of a fight. Yeah, you're right. So now you got to pick somebody. Easily. A non a non Becky Lynch. Randy Orton. Moving Ooh. on to the rest of the show, we've got uh roster updates for the WWE, Mike. We hinted at it. Um uh, or maybe I just outright said it. Uh I have I have a couple interesting uh maybe maybe some lukewarm takes here. Well what uh, you're what you're alluding to is uh Dean is Ambrose Dean... and Hideo Itami are are bye bye. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Dean Ambrose isn't bye-bye yet. He will, uh, he just will not be signing a new contract with the WWE. Yep. Uh, Hideo Itami, uh, switched his name to, um, I almost said Tonka. Um, <laughs> Jesus I almost Christ. said Frank. <laughs> oh my God. I'm such a boob. Now, cause you're not helping me. Nope. Have you're going to gonna go. dry out. Catch it. There we go um switch his name to kenta on twitter this is where me taking the notes uh comes in and i i don't take the note <laughs> switches his name to kenta and says thank you good night uh last night on twitter and of course everybody says on their twitter accounts uh breaking news i'm breaking it hideo tommy <laughs> leaves the company so that you know what? That's that's my hot take. Uh, that's and then I'll get to the lukewarm takes. Don't uh, act like you have breaking news when the WWE is posting it. Right. Like you're so stupid and don't fall for it, folks. Even if you read breaking news, the WWE said this. Go to the WWE Twitter account and make sure it's true. There were a lot of people that were excited about uh, the Dean Ambrose news. Not necessarily happy, but they couldn't wait to post it um but you know just don't trust anything until you actually hear it from dean ambrose or the wwe it's so silly anyways mike here's my breaking news oh go ahead lukewarm take here um so you also you you put it down ty dillinger's dolph ziggler uh changed their names on twitter um are, are they headed out uh you've got the revival asking to be released you've got uh mike canellis and uh maria asking to be released um I, there's other names and I, I tried to think of them before i started talking and i can't remember them now but we we know that the list exists mike can i just let me let me just start my lukewarm take here by asking you a question how abruptly would the wwe uh never-ending wheel or never never ceasing to to turn wheel how abruptly does it stop if all of these names left on the same day at the same time and went to AEW? Uh, I mean, I think uh, WWE protects itself really well by signing every single independent wrestler in the whole world. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But what they also do 
is legally give you a 90-day no-compete clause. So that means even when you get this news, like when Pac uh, left, you know, there was a lot of time that went by so his name could cool down again. Um, and I'll, so I'll... I, you know, it's not like Dean Ambrose and Ziggler aren't, you know, draws. You know, like, we know who they are, but they're not going to go by those names anymore. They're going to have to reboot if they're leaving. Um, you know, those are probably corporate properties of WWE. Um, you know, which is why they are changing their names and referencing those, you know, their, their real names in these new stories. Um, WWE is going to be fine without those guys. Ambrose has been kind of stale. They, they really haven't been using him like they probably could be, but it's nothing against him. There's just, there's so many other guys that, you know, now they can step up and get some TV time. I'm not, I'm not heartbroken. You know, it's, it'll yeah. be kind of cool for him to be, you know, feuding with somebody like Cody or Kenny Omega. It'll you know, Ambrose is a hell of a man on the on the microphone. So, you know, he'll be good at helping to sell matches out in AEW or, you know, wherever he ends up. I'll, I'll say, you were supposed to give me a one-word answer, and you, you really, you know, stole my thunder here. But, uh, I mean, my lukewarm take is just that. Like, the, these are guys that don't move the needle uh, for the fan base. And, and that's why... That's why Hideo Itami is on 205 Live and was getting buried because he's he's not making a huge difference. Uh, Dean Ambrose was not gifted the WWE Championship uh, when he came back because that's I mean that that's where he's at right now. He's just not moving the needle. And why would it be such a shock that if he wants if he wants this to change if he wants to do something on his own with his character and doesn't doesn't feel rewarded anymore just by coming out and waving his hand and being dirty dean if he doesn't feel anything with that and he thinks there's a better opportunity and we can all sit here and look at it and go yeah that was pretty terrible booking how is this a shock i mean the wwe should part ways with dean ambrose uh anyway like it shouldn't even be his decision they haven't been able to book him properly ever unless he's with the shield in which case he's sort of being hidden behind seth rollins and roman reigns who i would argue are much bigger uh talents than he ever was um i i don't want to sound like a jerk but uh the wwe isn't losing too much here and uh i think i think people are jumping the gun when they're saying this is you know this is this is everything building momentum and rolling downhill. Uh, I I really don't think it is. I think I think we've talked at length on this episode and have tried to make it a theme. There are just way too many guys on this roster, and this is a good thing. Yeah, I mean, like creatively, it'll mean it'll force Dolph, Dean, and Hideo Tommy to kind of expand their horizons, um, kind of get Di- yeah. Ty Dillinger away from. Gosh, he wasn't even in the mid card. He was just kind of toiling away in the, the bottom card. Um, I mean, he's you know losing out TV time. He's not even out there with like the Apollo Cruises of the world or the you know the Tituses, the Genders. He's not even out there with them. So um, kind of give him some freedom. Get kind of get him uh, you know in a more prominent spot. Um, now, how much uh, how much credence do you give to? people looking at this happening with dean ambrose the wwe never does this they yeah, never like they say, usually it's just without any well, fanfare right so they they never they never like 
acknowledge this actually happening or or maybe somebody will will say something that'll turn into a rumor and then it'll actually come to fruition eventually um but the last time that this actually did happen and everyone knew about it was cm punk and then they turned that into a major storyline and it blew up is there any chance that after the rumor came out two days before the wwe made it official or maybe a day that they decided to jump on it and make it a story. Make it a story. Um, what do you what do you mean? Yeah, by that? make. Well, uh, if we go back to CM Punk, they made it part of the WWE Championship feud with John Cena was that CM Punk was going to win and then leave with the WWE oh, Championship, and of course he so still stuck around. There's a chance that this is not that he's not really this leaving. This is a work. Yeah. Oh well. I think that would surprise me just because like the timing with the Tommy, I don't I don't think they would have publicized it like that. Um Well, I I I will say uh, the Tommy stuff was was out of their hands. That was him switching his name to Kenta and the other pro wrestlers that are his buddies were just saying, "Thank you, Kenta." And then um I, I you know, you never know with wrestling. I think really what's going on is um wwe's just trying to you know keep keep dean you know not not burn the dean ambrose bridge because he he has a valuable hand it's just that right now i don't think (laughs) with some of the like athletic demands i don't think ambrose is the most athletic wrestler of all time and I, i i think he would admit that um so we're kind of in a different direction now with who gets tv time uh and that that's a good point i i'm not you know, I, I'll sit here and say, like, if I had, if somebody put a gun to my head, he's he's leaving the company, and that's what's going on. But I do, I do like to play around with that thought and and to just kind of go, well, we sit here and talk about Dean's leaving because they can't figure out how to write a storyline. Then the one time Dean Ambrose blows up on social media when he's not in a championship match is him leaving the company. So maybe they want to jump on it. Maybe they want to see if it'll work. I think I, I, I just with how clueless they've been with with writing a guy like Dean Ambrose hmm. and Renee Young is obviously not leaving the company. Right. Yeah, I don't I you know, I own a Dean Ambrose t shirt. Um, yeah. I think your wife does too. Yeah. And it's just uh, you know, it's just it, it feels like it's kinda you know, it's it's over and you know, maybe we'll revisit it in a little bit, you know, and He'll come back strong, you know, something, you know, like what Jericho would do. Because um, Ambrose could probably immediately insert himself into a, paper, uh, you know, a feud with, you know, a couple promos and he'd, he'd be okay. Well, my favorite thing uh, with all this happening was Chris Jericho immediately tweeting out, not interested. Oh. <laughs> it was like, not interested, hashtag AEW. I, I thought that was hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We'll see. Um, well, yeah, on uh, Monday Night Raw, we had, uh, I don't know, maybe maybe one of the best, one of the, one, uh, I don't want to say one of the best Monday Night Raws. I'm going to pull back on that. But definitely some amazing promos uh, that were really fizzling out uh, and, and almost turned into a massive turd sandwich. But, uh, you, you know, you really see the star power of uh, Becky Lynch when she came out to the ring. And... Uh, owned ronda rousey and and took a segment that was jesus um really getting 
turned upside down and 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 turned it right side up yeah I, it's uh i mean as good as ronda has has been in the ring you know like in her first year yeah she is not ready for the man um and i think you know we usually give charlotte some flack you know for not being the greatest uh you know wizard on the microphone i think yeah. she's been holding up her own a little bit more than ronda rousey um even with her weird cadence i think the man is definitely kind of uh pushed charlotte to evolve a little bit on the mic but whoo ronda you better work something out girl you, i mean you got you got a couple months to you know get some material i guess uh but right. she 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 was in a in a what do they well how would you phrase this um like a battle of wits but ronda was unarmed you know what i mean like yeah Rosie was not <laughs> ready for that what well, I, I thought was interesting and uh you know where i'm going with this was was her tweet later on um because she really did get owned uh the fans didn't give her a second i i will say i would not have been one of the people in that arena booing her till she lost her confidence i don't understand that we'll never understand it if you do it i mean send us a message at bod podcast and explain why you think um you're acting like a good human being when you're not just playfully booing you're not playing along and booing you actually see it as a success when she breaks down and can't even do her promo anymore um please somebody reach out tell us why that is you acting like a good human being and uh yeah explain maybe i'll consider it Yeah. yeah uh that being said Rhonda went on twitter and did the wrong thing after she gets owned in the ring uh completely uh, throws the business under the bus and says this if anyone wants to see a bunch of performers act tough and watch me resist every urge i had to beat the living shit out of anyone who dared approach me so i don't get sued or arrested here's the raw recap from yesterday Ooh. Now, I will say, I delivered that probably better than Ronda would have in the ring. But that is so stupid, childish. Uh, you're, like, you're paid to be a performer. And when you suck, I think the last thing you need to do is go out and, and throw the business that's paying you under the butt. Like, she didn't come out and say, hey, fuck you, fans. Stop booing me, which would also be kind of a bad idea. But she goes, hey company that's paying me money this is fake and stupid i hate it yeah she didn't yeah she didn't like bury the crowd reaction she didn't bury becky she just buried the business and the business is giving you a paycheck and a podium to you know get even more people on the ronda rousey brand and it's just kind of like if you're trying to paint yourself into a heel corner so it makes it easier for us to have rooting interests come wrestlemania okay yeah. Uh, if that's not the approach and she just she uh god what was the word that becky used if she got shook um which is definitely yeah. what it looks like ooh, she should be kind of backpedaling that today um that's just yeah. the effect of the man uh the man destroyed her on the microphone and you know ronda is not prepared for that she's prepared for a lot of things physically but ooh you need some pretty thick skin to go up against the man on twitter um so <laughs> uh ronda's got some time to develop that skin but man she uh she yeah, got she, destroyed <laughs> and, and, and we know 
that she's had a, a social media following before she came to WWE. Part of the reason, you know, that she got signed over is that following. Um, I think it's time that they Lars Sullivan this account and hand it over uh, to a professional because this is this isn't working. Yeah. Um, it's a one-legged man the... in an ass-kicking contest. It's. <laughs> Uh, but with that being said, Mike, uh, we also got uh, some more big news. So, so, so uh, the official news, really, here. Uh, two bits from Monday Night Raw. Becky Lynch says she's picking Ronda Rousey. Yep. The other news, Seth Rollins kind of selects Brock Lesnar. Um, I didn't know that when you get your ass kicked, that was you saying, I'm, I'm going to fight this I want guy more for of his this. title. Yeah. <laughs> No, that's that's what I was gonna say. He just um, he didn't give me a shot. He didn't give me a chance. <laughs> is what happened. So uh, when he comes back out, I'm gonna say it and, and I'm gonna mean it. Um, you know, if Paul Paul Heyman comes back out, that's that's what's gonna happen. But yeah, it's just it, it was kind of funny. Uh, we never actually heard the words. Just Seth Rollins going out there, getting his ass kicked, and then uh, next thing we know. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Raw and WWE are posting that uh, Seth Rollins has selected Brock Lesnar as his WrestleMania opponent. Um, the good news here, Mike, is that now we have a super interesting WWE Championship storyline. Um, I mean, I, I'll just say this. My my initial thoughts, Seth Rollins is beating Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania. There is no fucking way that Brock Lesnar is still holding on to this title. Wow. Think so? Yeah. I hope so. Uh, you know, you it's the most tired segment on our show is please take the belt away from Brock. Let's go in a different direction. Yep. Um, but that's after we saw arguably Brock's best match uh, this past Sunday against Balor. Um, it, it, like uh, I'm uh, obviously we're rooting for Seth because he's um, you know a non-Brock who could win, but it's. <sighs> Do you feel like Rollins right now has like the like the following and the like he'll have the the backing of the crowd come WrestleMania? I I feel like it. I I mean I feel like that's I, the I big misstep. I feel like the crowd was was um was dying for Balor to win, and I I can't imagine that same emotion is going to be there for Rollins, who's who's already been to the top of the mountain. He's already lost to Lesnar in title matches. Um. Like I, I, this, this should not, this should not be the main event of WrestleMania. Absolutely not. No, 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 no. I think uh, what we just talked about and how much that's exploding and uh, social media and you know, you you see, you're right. When Seth Rollins comes out, um, it is nowhere near the pop that uh, Becky gets. But you know, I, I think part of it too is we're all still upset that they switched Seth Rollins' song so that it says "Burn It Down." before we know he's coming out where it used to be you know a little bit of music and then we could all yell burn it down together um, yeah a little you got a little that, time yeah that's that's super disappointing uh <laughs> so i think we're all still recovering from that loss uh but <laughs> I, I think we'll come around i th i think um i think we'll start to build up some some more hate of brock lesnar i don't think that'll go away and i think just this idea of Brock continuing to hold the title, I mean, Jesus. Uh, yeah. 
he will not have had it for like two months but then might be going on what like two years or something mm-hmm. it's just I don't well know. here's the thing like they're gonna more than likely do a one-on-one match for that belt and i'm just a little bummed because i feel like echoing the sentiments of stone cold you know the best payoff matches should be a one-on-one and what's what's looks like is happening is we're going to get becky versus ronda versus charlotte so what you're doing is you're getting all your big money females all in one match instead of you know kind of spreading them out and i i think uh an Asuka versus Charlotte rematch at WrestleMania would have, you know, uh, created interest on its own, and you want to see Asuka kind of get her revenge from last year's, um, you know, showcase of the Immortals uh, yeah. defeat. Especially Charlotte being a bad guy now. Like, I think what they need to do is just book going into Fastlane or Elimination Chamber, just book another feud with Becky and Charlotte and just have it end. Like, have it move on to Rhonda and Becky. Like that that's the best way to do it. Um that they just it's time it's time to move on. I think even you've got the uh the industry leaders uh you know uh, uh what do I want to say the media uh that follows the WWE everybody's saying please don't like you're making a mistake throwing Charlotte in this match and all it's going to do is you know it'll be something predictable to protect Rhonda um and and it's just gonna make us hate charlotte and i don't think there's any reason to do that right now um and she's you know they the writers aren't the ones that go out there and we get to boo them they send charlotte out there with their bad ideas and then she gets booed yeah just and and you've got to keep both of these titles important and if charlotte is if you've got charlotte and becky fighting for the raw title and what is oscar gonna do Asuka's just gonna have yeah. like a, a fatal four way and that'll end in like 10 minutes and then we'll realize that nobody actually cares about Asuka holding the title which will tell us not to care you can't do that yeah I think you want to use you want, absolutely right you want to spread out some of that star power and put Charlotte in that Smackdown women's championship match exactly um, to, have that to in- close out the show no uh, to uh, increase the value of that and Keep in mind, we're already going to have some of the roster dedicated to fighting for the women's tag titles, uh, which we're going to finally, you know, uh, have crowned here at Elimination Chamber coming up in February. Uh, so that, that further, you know, uh, shallows the pool of um, potential opponents for Asuka come WrestleMania, and it, it should be a it should be a massive match. Um, I hope they do find some way to get Charlotte out of that picture just to make it a one-on-one for Becky versus um, Ronda, but it doesn't look like those are the seeds that are being planted right now. It looks like, yeah. There's still an opportunity. You still hope, like, there's so many months out. The official booking right now doesn't have Charlotte in it, so maybe if there's enough that, you know, enough of us on our show and enough of our brothers of discussion fans who have come out of nowhere to just blow up our twitter over the last uh, week which has just been fantastic by the way um you know we need everybody to start sharing everything and saying please just don't put charlotte in this match keep it keep it solo keep keep it a singles match um 
there's definitely more to talk about uh, with the man and Ronda Rousey, Seth Rollins, Brock Lesnar, but uh, we do have so much to cover, and uh, a lot of that, the rest of that happened on SmackDown Live, where uh, Daniel Bryan debuted the sustainable hemp belt, as, as you put it. Um, we all said goodbye to Daisy, uh, the, the cow that created the, the WWE Championship. Yep. Um, and uh, you've got, I, I like that you put here, Rowan comes out with the recycle-themed entrance. That, that was pretty great. Um, how about Daniel Bryan with the, uh, the fantastic shirt um, that was condemning any sort of prejudice? Uh, I, I really liked that he's going out there wearing that. And I, I, I just, what's so funny is how not heelish he actually is. And how this audience of pro wrestling will just eat up the fact that he's a heel, when when really, you know, I I mean, he's being he's sending the right message, but in the wrong way, which is really eye roll inducing in real life. Like when you have someone that's a real dick about it, like that yeah. is the worst. And and that's what Daniel's really serving up right now. Where you know if you met him on the streets, he just. You'd, well, you'd be eating a hamburger you... in front of him, and he'd just kind of look at you and then look at the ground, and he'd be so disappointed, and then you'd feel bad and throw away your burger, which is another waste, so you're actually not... <laughs> you're not helping out Daniel. No. Uh, by the way, uh, I will throw... Uh, is he making the wrong decision to throw out that leather belt? Isn't there a better way to that's take a... care of that leather, leather yeah, belt? Yeah, that's a, just another example of waste. So that's going to be out on an island somewhere with the other pieces of garbage that he's been referencing. So shame on him. Yeah, what the hell? He's just showing us if you're sick of it, just throw it out. Yep. Uh, I I think it's hilarious. It's definitely something you know, like list of Jericho, like that kind of that kind of memorable. Like we're gonna be talking about the hemp belt forever, um, as wrestling fans. I hope it's around forever. I love it. Oh, like it becomes like uh, like the spinner belt or like the smoking skull. Like uh, it's it should be around for a while. I I think we're gonna reference it for a long time. Um, it's a brilliant gimmick, um, and it just further proves that as good as Daniel was as a face, which you know I think we both agree it's like the hardest thing to do because you gotta you gotta be endearing, you gotta be compassionate, you gotta be empathetic, and you Tough. can't just do sneering. You know your your sports team sucks promos, um, and so Daniel's really good Ooh, at being shit. a face, and I think he's equally good at cutting these heel promos. Was that uh, some shade being thrown at Elias? Ooh. Oh shit! Maybe just no, a but you're, you're you're right. This is this is the this is probably the best Daniel Bryan we've seen. because uh, even even when he came back, you know, we saw we saw that emotion, but it it then turned into kind of some silliness with uh, him him tagging with Shane McMahon, and then even the the Miz stuff was getting kind of ridiculous. Uh, you know getting Bree involved uh, God. but then you know then this happened and this this is the kind of refresh that you need to kind of you know find a, a brand new character and god damn is he, he like it, it's like he's figuring it out week by week but I think it's turning into what we're gonna see going forward I think this is you know the uh, the plaid is nothing new when you look at Daniel Bryan but just now that it's a part of the character I think you know, no more t-shirts. No more coming out with a Daniel Bryan t-shirt. I, I just... Everything about this. I think he's hitting... He finally... You know, he's been carving around looking for that diamond. I think he yeah. found it. And uh, what's funny is there there are no diamonds 
uh, to be found just, now on his title. It's just funny, like the the things that the things that you could value to be a heel, like like Daniel Bryan. Now he's like a, a vegan who cares about the earth, and so that makes him a bad guy. <laughs> or yeah, CM Punk. You know, he he he's straight edge. He didn't do drugs. He didn't drink. That made him a bad guy. Or God forbid, you know, the Godfather used to have hoes, and he was a pimp. And he became a bad guy when he gave that up and became, you know, clean cut. And he was the good father. Uh, I I don't know what that says about how, like, the philosophy of the crowd works. It's almost like, like we're living our vices through these wrestlers. Um, yeah. Or it's like, you know, trying to play Grand Theft Auto and you have to be like a choir boy instead of, you know, a bad guy. Um you know, it's just not as fun, and you want the choir boy to get beat up. Um, so it says a lot about us as wrestling fans. You know, who who we consider to be you know good or bad based on you know our our whims and our in our hero worship. Um, but my God, they've they've hit gold, they've hit diamonds, like you said. They they hit they hit pay dirt with Daniel Bryan as a uh, the outspoken, uh, condescending vegan. Good good for them. And I I think. Like, the one thing that, that it does hit on with all of those uh, characters you mentioned is it's always someone telling you how to live your life, which is funny because you look at the way, like, Vince McMahon votes and the people that he hangs out with is is his his side of uh, <laughs> uh, the political parties is always trying to tell people how to live their life. Right. But... Uh, you know what what would be fun is if that came to light like if that was something where the more they did like this daniel bryan story they started to make the connection that it was like you know because i wonder if they would make that that sort of thing a heel like if you're you are too religious and you kind of tell you know or or, or they kind of condemn women for just being women you know like controlling who they are like that that should be the bad guy and it's you know it's what Daniel Bryan is doing is he's being he's being the vegan which I don't know too many vegans that have ever given me a hard time, um, but but that's that's the character they've developed so it's basically if vegans were Republicans, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and, and they actually bought in you know like that that's that's what would happen then they try to make you feel bad and tell you you're going to hell. Um, but it is it is so interesting like that aspect of it because um you, you know you you wonder what what that could mean if if a lot of people if enough people made the connection Ooh, doggies and that that's more of a outside of pro wrestling and, and more of like a philosophical or political agenda of my own any hoozle um mike we're we're hitting an hour uh and almost yeah, we, 15 with the theme song we should be wrapping up here let's do a couple quick hits here matt um and you know bod fans uh get a few minutes of your life watch nxt uk this week you don't have to wait long to see the in-ring debut of walter um and he gives a knife edge chop that you will hear in your nightmares um, check out uh on twitter they have uh, the aftermath the guy still had uh you know went went in the back completely bruised you know where the skin kind of splits too oh. but it's all the way through it's just this red handprint all the way across his chest it, like if you see the picture that's how it sounded yeah it's terrifying and beautiful <laughs> yeah it sounded like tectonic plates like crashing into each other yeah. um 
And then uh, my boys, they didn't win, but Marcel Bartel and Fabian Eichner uh, got to go um, in a tag match against Mustache Mountain, and they didn't win. But, you know, if you get a 15, 20-minute match with, you know, some of the best in the biz, it, it elevates you. Um, so they got to rub elbows with, you know, one of the best tag teams on earth. So it was it was, it was good for them. I was, I was happy with that. Uh, speaking of which, uh, Heavy Machinery uh, having a pretty good show on SmackDown, getting, getting their own rub. Uh, getting in on uh, the new day and and the bar and um, Usos the Usos Jesus the team that won. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know I I went in and I got kind of excited because Heavy Machinery started out hot and I had to like pull you know reel myself in. Uh, that that was fun to watch. That was like good old fashioned like WWE pro wrestling on a weekday. Yeah. Um, not not going to be anything we'll ever come back to and try and watch again. But, um, no, they, they showed. I think, like, if you need another tag team to fit in and do the work and get the crowd excited, it's heavy machinery. You see uh, some of the tweets coming from Sanity. You know what? When their music hits, I don't see a lot of people jumping out of their seats. Heavy machinery has people jumping out of their seats already. So, I, I it's, just... Yep, it's, it's sad. Uh... It's in the caterpillar stages, uh, but yeah. it definitely feels like this. <laughs> yeah, you like that? Yeah. Uh, it feels like this uh, gimmick might. It just, Matt, it just might get over. And uh, with that, oh, right. Uh, last thing I do want to throw out there. Uh, make sure you go watch EO and Kyrie on uh, NXT. We got to see it live, so we didn't even bother watching it tonight um i i really think eo and Kyrie should be in the running for the tag team championships at elimination chamber um it's not gonna happen no. but the the interesting thing was they were announced at nxt uh as an uh not not an nxt thing not a you know we're buddies and we're ta- it was a women's tag division match and i just thought that was so cool to hear and if anything to me it shows that they've they've got some plans ready to go uh, in nxt on the main roster i think that uh that we might we might be in store for an all-women show within the next couple of years yeah and um i'm really pumped for elimination chamber because we are gonna get oh we're gonna get those women's uh, tag titles uh, battled for, um, and we're forgetting this weekend. You've got oh uh, yeah, on Saturday uh, is the uh, the, the big game cross... on Sunday. Well, uh, yeah, what's the Saturday show called with NXT Two Hundred Five Live called... and NXT UK going at it? Winner gets a title shot at whatever they like. So there's that. There's and also then, uh, another huge event on Sunday. There's you the Super Bowl. It. Halftime heat. Yep, I was, you know, you took the words right out of my mouth. I was just about to reveal the big secret. Uh, halftime heat is coming up. Um, so yeah, you're gonna get all called? your like, all I your best buddies are gonna be there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah, don't 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 miss that. I th- I think both of those. I I think halftime heat is gonna be more fun. I think it'll be an opportunity for anybody who hasn't seen Velveteen Dream yet. Um, you know, Aleister Black. Uh, and Ricochet those... versus Adam Cole, uh, Gargano, and Champa. 
Yeah, I think I think it'll be a good opportunity for anybody that's bored during the halftime show um, yeah, just to, to check those guys out. It, it probably won't be match of the year, but it'll be good fun. And uh, just like WWE, you too can bury Maroon Five by turning on <laughs> a was, glorified dark match. Yeah, that was hilarious. Um, and, so yeah, uh, with that, two, two quick things. Uh, oh Jesus, we didn't have to. Do, <laughs> we didn't have to do dirt overdose because. Uh, Heavy Machinery got TV time. Good for them. And a win, yep. kind of. They got a pin on the New Day. Um, and as far as WWE's promise about new stars and matchups, uh, like I mentioned, Heavy Machinery got a cameo. But Royal Rumble weekend was Heavy Machinery free, no EC3, no Lars Sullivan. However, Lacey Evans and Nikki Cross both had a chance to make an impact at Women's Royal Rumble. So we'll give it three brown stars out of five. As far as new stuff. And and I will say, Lars is going through some stuff. So, I, I'm, a, I'm okay with not. Lars. He's just standing there yeah. covered. He, you know, got tanned for no reason. Yeah, EC3 is the only one that's, that's puzzling to me right now. Heavy Machinery is in the right spot for the tag stuff. Lars is going through some shit. But, yeah, we don't, we'll, we'll see what's going on with EC3. All right. It's 9 o'clock here. It's an hour 20 minutes. Going through the show. That referee uh, put a why. fuck on me. Yeah. Oh my god. We didn't even get to mention that Nakamura had a fuck put on him. Um, <laughs> what a great, great week for wrestling. Uh, thanks everybody for listening. Go to bodpodcast.com. Yo ho. Oh.